Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. Today's guest is DC's Queen of the Blues, Carly Harvey. She's one of the best blues soul singers in the Washington, D.C. area. Very down to earth. We had a great chat not too long ago. So, without further ado, the one and only Carly Harvey. Joining me now, she is DC's Queen of the Blues, Carly Harvey. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, I so appreciate you doing this this evening. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, so talk to me talk to me about your, your career. How'd you get started? All that good stuff. Um, well, I've been playing music since I was pretty young, and I think it took a turn to singing maybe around the time I was 11 or 12, where I was like, this is something I actually really like doing. Before that, I played violin. And then after that, I was doing like all of the choirs, like concert choir and chamber choir, like up to five of them every Mm -hmm. school year and on through college. And I got my own band when I was in college. Um, And a friend of mine suggested that I sing blues. And I was like, no, thanks. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he kept pressing it. And then we started doing some coffee houses together. And we did like a little blues duo. People Mm -hmm. really responded to it. And then I was like, oh, I actually really like this music. Um, And so around the time I was 19, I started doing blues and jazz. And the rest is history. As soon as I got out of school, I started um like teaching voice lessons um and uh like you know singing at weddings and whatnot and then shortly after I started my own band and just started this journey yes yeah, so talk know. about that it's, it's called kiss and ride am I do I have that right yeah yeah when did you start so that's that my blues project and you know because I do have other music that I love and I'm called DC's queen of the blues and so I always bring that element to anything I'm singing really but I love like rock music I love Americana and folk and so I have a few other projects where I get to be a little more versatile but right. Kiss and Ride is what my my baby my project where um, you know, we compete in the International Blues Challenge, which we just won the Battle of the Bands for the DC Blues Society. So we are going to Memphis in January to compete mm-hmm. in the International Blues Challenge. Yeah, well, yeah. for those that um, are familiar, where are, you, where are you located? I'm based in the city, like in DC proper. Yeah, so, but you go throughout the DMV area, right? Is that what the whammies yeah, were? They were is it an award? Yeah, yeah. Um, So the Blues Foundation has an affiliate in nearly every city or multiple affiliates in every city. So not every city, sorry, every state. So every state has their own Blues Mm. Society. And because Virginia is pretty big, um, Mm. the Northern Virginia area gets taken up by the D.C. Blues Society. Mm. So they do have a Central Virginia Blues Society, which is like Richmond and South (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was in I was in Richmond for three years. I'm actually in Florida now, but I was in yeah. I was in Richmond for three years. That's how I got connected. And then somehow uh Dolores Gibbs connected with me on Instagram and that's how oh. this <laughs> she started yeah, like, she's like hey, how are you? and then I posted something and that's how you got in contact. So 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I've always liked the D.C. area, you know. It's um, a really cool place. If you're wondering how I mean. some dude from Florida is interviewing D.C. people, that's it. Some, <laughs> uh, You know, I have a... Well, good artists are good artists, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and I like to get, really cool I like to get uh, independent. You know what I'm trying to say. I, yeah, I yeah. Give indie artists a platform because <laughs> yeah. the people on a record label, they've got money behind mm-hmm. them. And What's the your- money we have behind us is our own money. <laughs> record deal versus independent what's your thoughts on all that if you can find a great label i know there are a few like um blue elon they are based out of la um and they have like a little what do you call it when there's like a imprint they have an imprint um that they like they don't care about your age your weight your race they just want to put out good music and help Mm. people you know um produce their music and you know um i won't say what their contracts say but they're not as hefty or crazy as some of the other ones where as if you're going after like columbia or sony or you know island records one of these like big labels they um they know people are thirsty they're hungry to to get out there so they tend to take advantage of people a lot um so the contracts are like we own your rights to your record forever and for life and i don't want to do that i want to own my own music of course if someone puts up money for me i want to pay it back so you can Mm. own rights for a certain period of time like three years but um when you own a lifetime of someone's catalog like it's that so that's just that's just not the route i want to take um with my music. Uh, so hopefully at some point, maybe I'll find a label who just really wants to support me and support good musicians. But until then, I'll just be a, an indie artist doing her thing, entrepreneur. Talk about like the very beginning. Like what made you want to get into all this? Like to pursue it seriously? Yeah, take it like a career, like from just like mm. hanging out with friends to actually making a business making a business decision it happened very gradually um but I just always knew I wanted to sing like when I was a kid like like I said I started out playing violin but I always liked to sing I just didn't tell anyone I was like the person singing quietly it was like uh it was like your secret huh yeah it was my secret and um but except for my mom I told my mom but I thought everybody else would think I was like stupid for wanting like who says they want to be a singer when they grow up why is that I don't know, you know, little kids are mean. So I have a godfather Mm -hmm. who's a, you know, he's a pretty, he's a well-known actor. And kids in school would say, like, well, Carly would be an ugly actor. Or, you Uh, know, like, things like that. Kids were mean. So I was like, I don't want to tell, don't cast your pearls before swine is the idea. Like, I was like, I don't want to tell anybody because they're just going to poo-poo all over it. And like, right, right. everyone, that's, that's the thing about society is it's toxic sometimes. Yeah. Even from little kids. I mean, they learn it from their environment, you know, so that was impacting me. Um, But I told my mom, you know, like at one point I wanted to be a doctor because I loved helping people. So I wanted to be a doctor Mm. and a singer. And then I wanted to be a firefighter and a singer. And then I was like, I'm going to be a poet and a singer. (laughs) And and, uh, I have this very natural healing touch that I've had since I was a kid. Like, so where people go to like massage therapy school to learn how to do things. There are things I just innately know how to do. Um, Right. 
And so I thought, I'm going to be a massage therapist. I'm going to sing to the people. It's going to be music, massage, therapy. And I was like, see, mom, that's a that's a good business idea. And she's like, massage therapist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of all over the place. But music or singing was always involved in the in the scenario, in my fantasy. And um, both of my parents were musicians. My mom did theater. She did jazz and, you know, like blues derivative jazz. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was a funk bassist. Um, and so their musical influences definitely like just had their way with me as a kid. I love everything from Celia Cruz to, you know, uh, Curtis Mayfield, you know, because of, you know, my parents' eclectic right. taste in music. Um, and uh, so, but when I started out, so here's something a lot of people don't know about me. My real name is Carol. Okay. But my dad's name is Daryl. <laughs> and his mm. sister's name is Cheryl. <laughs> And um, yeah, so my the spelling of my name, it's spelled like Daryl. So it's spelled C-A-R-Y-L. And so people would mm. look at it and flip the L and the well, Y and they would just start saying Carly. And I was like, I'm tired of correcting people. And I actually like the name Carly better than the name Carol, which is a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. But it sounds very like, I'm serious. I'm a realtor or a librarian or like somebody like, I'm a lawyer who you will take seriously. And I think Carly is kind of like fun and spunky. It's just more fitting to my personality. Anyway, this is a long story. The point No, it's is... fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, feel, feel free. <laughs> but yeah, Keep anyway, going. I had musical influences as a kid. And um, when my parents, I guess, were not doing music full time, it puzzled me because I, I, I couldn't understand like why they stopped doing it. And my dad right. would say things like, um, oh, you know, playing music doesn't put food on the table. And I'm like, yeah, but what you do is you're miserable. Like at least music makes you happy. Music uplifts mm-hmm. people. And that was something I understood at a young age. And so I was like, if we're going to be poor, you should be, <laughs> we should be like happy. <laughs> well, Don't and you only live something that's the, miserable, you know. The old adage is you only live once, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think in some weird way I didn't understand that subconsciously I was deciding to prove some point to my parents not only did I love music but I was going to be a full-time musician and I was going to live a good life and not make any concessions and so I didn't I don't think I realized that that's what I was doing until probably this year when I did a lot of in last year when there were a lot of like interviews virtual things happening right during right, the, right, the pandemic people would yeah. ask me these questions and through just doing interviews i was like oh wow i completely manifested this life for myself Oops. proving to myself and to my parents that you could be a full-time musician and and live yeah. well and and so that's that's honestly from childhood is how it got started and then um you know, when I graduated, I was like, I want to perform more. Um, mm-hmm. And when I'm not performing, I feel empty inside. Like, it feels awful. Like, it feels like something's missing. So if I'm yeah. not gigging, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I just, yeah. any, you know, so. Um, and then uh, I just started learning myself how to get my music on the radio. Right. How to be my own PR person. How to do my own website. How to 
you know, so then it became like, wow, this is a, this is a business. <laughs> and then and now like all the hats. <laughs> social media and yeah, you know, that's why a lot of people just don't even worry about labels. They just, they get like a team of friends and they'll just, they'll just uh, hope it gets enough Spotify clicks. But yeah. I hear that eat a lot of Spotify eats a lot of Spotify eats a lot of the money so it's really like YouTube Instagram people seeing you on TikTok looking at your videos and then if you go viral or something or somebody really likes something you did but Mm -hmm. I mostly do social media to promote my shows so I'm like I'll post a flyer or maybe once and I'll do in a while I'll put a little snippet of me singing and you know, people comment, but it's marketing is what it, it's social media marketing. And that's what I use it for. Because when you get in your mind, either for a record label, I want somebody to notice me, or I want to get all these clicks, then you start doing things for the clicks. And that mm. changes the value of authenticity. It has, right. in my opinion, um, so I don't want to push that on anybody else. But for me, if I'm doing something because I think, ooh, people will look at this, then that takes away the, the, the purpose of the art that I create, you know? Um, right. So I try not to even focus on that because that ends up putting me in a not a good vibration, kind of brings me down. Because um, when you don't get the result you want, you know, that attachment right, right, right. Is, Well, that's it for oh, anything in life is sometimes yeah. the... Some, sometimes the dominoes or whatever the now you want to use, there's tons of them. Sometimes yeah. they don't go your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on like the battle of covers versus or- original songs? Like I know that's a, that's a struggle that some independent artists, because who was the prominent, it was like a prominent country singer. Um, it's, it's escaping me now, but anyways, the, the advice was oh, always, no, it was something like someone like that though. It was someone like that where he opened for him and the advice he got was always lead with the cover and then hit him with your original, original songs in the back end. Do you agree with that? Um, I think being an artist and managing yourself as a business, it, it, you can go to business school and nothing will teach you how to do this there's no one way it works it's actually just what's aligned for you in particular so i think that that was valid advice if that worked for them it can work for other people um uh i think if you can't if you can't do justice to a cover like if it's a classic if you can't do it justice authentically don't do it that's (laughs) like people that try yeah like i'll see these reality shows and like whitney houston i'm like someone pulled off yeah it was cringy it's like mm -mm, if you can't do what whitney does whitney oh man that takes a lot of that takes a lot of uh you know what yeah yeah, so it either has to be transformed to the point where you make it your own song. Like, who do you know who the guy is who did the cover of Wonderwall and Oasis? No, but I know the Oasis. Oasis does the Oasis, I think, is Wonderwall. But like, yeah, so they heard his cover of the song and they were like, dude, you changed this song. You know, I never heard so clearly my mm-hmm. lyrics before. So, I mean, he he did this really, he just transformed the song. I, his name will come to me. But yeah, that happens anyway, a lot. If you, try, if you can transform where... a cover, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely do it because yeah. that is part of artistry. Like I do a lot of rearranging popular songs to put them in a more bluesy setting. Like I do this cover of um, um, Fiona Apple's Criminal with mm-hmm. another with a different project. So not Kiss and Ride. This one is called um, The Carly Harvey Experience. 
Um, and I called it that yeah. because it's not just blues. You get the jazz, you get the soul, you get the rock. We do the whole nine. Huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I, I give it like a cool little bass groove and it's like, it's like a, a bluesy jazzy rendition of it. So if I think, yeah, if you can transform it, um, then yes, do covers because Especially if you're when you're opening for somebody or if you're playing in a bar, people just want to hear familiar music. But I never want to be somebody's like puppet, like do it, right. do it, do what we say. So people are like, can you do some more popular music? And I, <laughs> yeah. I play obscure songs that people wouldn't have known. And if it captures you because you think it's beautiful, then mm. you'll look into that artist who needs who needs more support than Beyonce might well, need. Yeah, what was the first song like you did that original song that really caught like people's attention people's attention? Like what was the song that you think they were like, oh okay, she's she's like for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh. Um I didn't notice. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> you don't have a song that um, sticks out that you did that was like, all right. Yes, yes I do. So there's a song on my EP uh called you ain't living right it's a slow blues and see so it's got like a standard 12 bar blues groove but the lyrics and like the way i emote in the song it's it's pretty heavy actually it's um and it's a true story Ugh, gross um right so uh i was very well not that young but pretty young i didn't even get my I, first kind of you, you're 19. still young age is just a number carly <laughs> Sure. Yes. Well, I'm 36 now. At the time I was. Hey, 25. I'm uh, I'm 30. I'm 30. I'm 34. Okay. All right. See. Uh, my hairline proves. My hairline proves it. <laughs> so anyway, my friends were like, "This guy is or something not right," and I wouldn't listen. And then um, he got arrested, and I was pretty young and naive. He got arrested, and the t- the the thing he got the paper said soliciting it said soliciting oh P-R-O-S. the charge or whatever mm-hmm, the charge it said soliciting pros and i was like what does that mean i was like prostitute oh like soliciting prostitutes and he goes no that's not what that means that's that's because of a prosecutor and like and i was like this guy thinks i'm so dumb like just because i'm i was a sweet girl and he was my first boyfriend so he really I was like, this is a massive, insurmountable insult to my intelligence. Um, And so, yeah. So um, I didn't have a car at the time, but I knew his little stomping grounds where he likes to hang out. And I followed him when I saw him. And I was like, this is gross. And uh, then a friend of mine told me he was trying to get with her. So anyway, I wrote that song. And so, uh, you know... um, when people hear me sing that song, like, it, I mean, I think it's still charting and that's, that was released in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. So you ain't living right. That's the one to check out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how'd you get the moniker or not? I guess moniker. How did you get queen of the blues name? In 2016, I uh, won as a duo with my former husband. <laughs> Um, we won the DC Blue Society battle as a duo. Mm. And whether it was duo or band, no woman had won in 10 years. Wow. So there was oh. a woman, her name is Stacy Brooks, and she was the former DC's Queen of the Blues. 
and for she had that title for 10 years and no no woman had won before her which is how um this guy uh dr nick from wpfw they're the listener supported um radio station in our area and um he called her DC's Queen of the Blues. So it's a little thing he started. So once I won, he called me DC's Queen of the Blues. It just and- pass it, pass it mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. So um And that gets a little publicity too, because you can use yeah. it, you can use it as a promotional tool. Yes, exactly. It's a marketing tool and marketing um, term. Independent artists need it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a buzzword. Like if someone wants to book you or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, she must be legit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I know. earned it and I wasn't trying to get it. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take that lady's title. I was just competing and trying to do what I love to do. And, you know, um, and then he called me up and he was like, you're the new queen of blues. And I was like, what? I was like, who? You're like, thank you very, <laughs> you're like, thank you very much. I'll take that. And, Mm-hmm. And it, it has done me well. And um, yeah, so I'm really happy. So I've had the title uh, consistently, I guess, since 2016. There was one year where a woman did win, but she was like part of a band where the man, it was the name of the band was his name. Oh. So it was a little bit weird. And I <laughs> that year, um, because if you win, you go to the International Blues Challenge. And every time we go to Memphis, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> right. So, yeah, go to KindlyHarvey.com and you can donate <laughs> to help us get to Memphis. Um, no, right, but, right, right. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, so I didn't compete that year. And then they won. And um, so that was one year in between. And then I competed again and I won. And then I took a break and a bunch of men started winning. And then I competed again this year and I won. So at least I am competing to maintain my title. I'm not sitting around. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Sit, sitting yeah. around and, you know, waiting yeah. for things to open up with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah or just you know just sitting around and waiting for it to fall in my lap like i i work hard you know um and i'm i'm really happy that right now is my moment where i'm getting a lot of notoriety for the oh. the seeds i've been planting for years and years and years and i took some time to get some perspective and that's that you know when you're young and you're thirsty and you want you want to like i want this venue to notice me or give me a shot give me a shot and then you're playing for three and four hours for a mm. hundred bucks a man. <laughs> yeah. And that and, yeah, well, and I and that's good pay because well, that's for DC, that's not decent pay. But when I go on tour to other places, like when I go to like Oregon or sometimes I go to New York, people are like, here's 50 bucks. That's great. And I'm like, oh, we don't do that where I'm from. <laughs> you know, um, and it's it's just a different thing. So the pay musicians get in dc is pretty good although for me a hundred bucks for singing for three or four hours you're like well you get tips too and i'm like i brought all this equipment and my body hurts and i'm standing on stage (laughs) and i'm bringing the audience to you um and so i said to myself it's more than just once a month there's a vibe with you too you know what i mean it's not just like going up there doing your thing you bring more than just lyrics you bring whole experience exactly so when i was missing those i was like oh i was noticing my voice felt healthier Mm -hmm. um i was less stressed out um and just 
just fatigued, honestly. So I was like, here's my perspective. Mm. You know, two hour gigs that pay a hundred bucks, maybe, but we need to do 90 minute shows that pay a lot more. And so those honestly have just been coming my way just because I spoke it out (laughs) to the universe. Were you you wanting to expand further, I guess, you know, different states or whatever? Are you comfortable with the DMV area right now? I'm comfortable in the DMV, but I have been out, not on tour, but just a little dabbles places. Like, so I go to uh, Portland. I have a a good, like, I have some, like, family friends there. Which Portland? There's two Portlands. I assume Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 we may have a Maine listener, okay? I don't want to offend (laughs) uh, Portland, Maine people. I I doubt it, but you never know. Yeah. Well, Portland, Oregon, and it's beautiful out there. I love it. So I intend to go back out there um, after the National Blues Challenge. And um, and I did do a short little tour up in Vermont and upstate New York in July. So um, I'm comfortable doing that, too. Just, you know, doing little spurts here and there. I'm not sure that I'm ready to be like a road dog. Like some people are. Mm-hmm. I like my home and I and I teach voice lessons. So I need some consistent space for them. So I'm the kind of person who would like tour for two weeks and then wait a month. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird. Like I'm, uh, like I'm right now in Florida, but like a lot of my listeners are in the DMV area, so it's kind of weird. Uh-huh. But I'm gonna ride with it. Doesn't matter where they're from. If they're gonna listen to podcasts, they can be from Hawaii. I don't care. What do you do for fun up there? Are you like, what do you do for fun? Do you like to go? Do you like to go see other artists' concerts? Yeah, I try to support my friends when I can. When I'm not gigging myself. Um, I love to swim, so and I did not get to go swimming all summer. So I feel it's that feeling where you're like empty inside. I'm like, oh, couldn't swim. Oh no! But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I yeah. love to cook. So I'm. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I if I have the you time, should do a cooking channel. Time. You should yeah, do a cooking channel. My, my, one of my bands is called the Honey Larks and they were joking with me and they're like, you should start a YouTube channel called Sexual Foodie um, because food is yeah. sensual for me. It is. I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, um, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> to each their own. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not judging nothing. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. But yeah, you know, so sometimes. Sensibly cynical. Like- it's not all cynical, Carly. You're sensible. <laughs> <in this. laughs> nah, so who's your, like, if you have one song, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If your phone was having issues on a flight and you had one song to pick, who would you pick? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's hard. Like an iPhone wasn't, or whatever you use was stuck on a song if it was stuck on the song well my favorite song of all time is the beautiful ones by prince and i don't think i could get tired i'm a big prince person too i I was so sad to hear that i um i uh purple rain's one of my favorite songs of all time i great story actually that night i went to the i went to a club that night after the news broke and i had the club i had the uh DJ play Purple Rain. Oh. So, yeah, I'm a big Prince person, you know? Anyways, yeah. continue. Sorry, I didn't mean the. Well, no, he, he was amazing. And if you've ever seen him perform live, he would just bust out and, and play blues sometimes. And it'd be like, oh. What about oh, that song? The beautiful that like? ones. It has this really amazing buildup. Um, and uh, and the like the power of it at the end. He's like, 
Do you want him or do you want me? Because I want you. And he goes, that that run he does, I think that probably influenced me as a kid because I, I feel like I sing that run a lot. <laughs> Did you, oh, um, man. It's amazing. Have you uh, looked into The Voice or America's Got Talent or any of that stuff? I have. Um, I have always... you actually attempted or, you know, been, or, or, you know what I'm trying to say, like, I've done the open auditions about, I guess, twice for American Idol and for The Voice. Well, for America's Got Talent, I did twice. American Idol, I did twice until I was too old. Um, And then The Voice, I've done about five times. And last year, I was pushed through the process with a um, talent scout or a casting director. I know you can't, you can't probably disclose the formula, but you can give me the vague stuff. Well, the vague stuff is that we had dates blocked off for me to go to LA to see the producers. So basically the round before you get to be. I'm familiar with the, I'm familiar with the basics, but you know, I don't want to get you in trouble. Before you get to the point where you, where they turn the chairs around and I got an email that said they were going into a different direction. Um, And I was so confused about, you know, but you know, it's weird because they have to I do hate everything. statements like that. It's like a different direction. That's the cover up everyone uses. I hate that one. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows what it is? Um, it, but it's a TV show, so they are thinking about marketing or what draw a person would have. And um, I, you know, I I don't fit into a lot of boxes. Uh, like. Um, so anyway, I mean, it, oh, it I'm sorry to hear really about that. But how did that experience, how did that experience shape you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how did that have an impact on your career? Well, at first I felt, I was like, wow, things are really happening for me. If I could just have this platform, I'm not a person who's like, I'm going to win the voice. You know, um, it's kind of like you, you, you have a realistic idea of things. And if something really great happens, that sprinkles on cake. But I was just really grateful for the, the, acknowledgement that this guy saw me singing and was like we gotta get you on this show and eventually it was not in his hands anymore wait wait, wait. you didn't even you didn't even seek this out it just happened it just happened when I wasn't even trying so you know it actually taught me a lot about other opportunities and it's not linear it's alignment like that needs to be on a t-shirt of mine like you have to align with the opportunity that you or a lyric Yeah. Yeah. Or a lyric. Yeah. Like, so some people think, oh, well, I'm such and such age and that person is 16 and they got this thing that I didn't have. Well, they may have, (laughs) uh, you know, um, industry networking that, that you don't, they might be aligned in some way that you're not, or maybe their energy is aligned because you have to work on your self-love who knows what it is but um i was really disappointed for a long time i was disappointed and i was uh it put me in a funky space and then i just started i, I wrote a song um because of course all of the george floyd stuff happened and there was issues for um indigenous people coming up and um so i wrote a song giving homage to my heritage i'm afro-indigenous right. and um so yeah, I just I just started focusing on my own music and that is what kind of lifted me out of that space. But it really put me in a dark spot for a long time because 
I was like, I just need this platform. I've been working hard as an indie artist and I get small bits of notoriety, but DC's Queen of the Blues is great marketing. That's what we were talking in, about. Yeah. In this area, right? So somebody in LA is like, what is DC's Queen of the Blues? They don't know what that is. Um, but the queen, the queen of something... The queen is, of something sounds that, lovely. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's queen, there's queens of a lot of different genres that are like national acts. Yeah, but you know, for example, if I'm not able to compete anymore, and somebody else has the title DC's Queen of the Blues, I need to be moved on to something bigger than that. You know what I mean? Or f- for myself, I'm going to be moving on to something beyond that, not just um, staying focused on, you know, mm-hmm. holding on to one small thing um but uh and then at the time I was I was nominated for a few awards and I didn't win those awards and it seemed a little bit political um so um you know like who do the board members know better and you know like you know who are they friends with and you know who have they worked with before some of that is very heavily involved in award show systems um and so Anyway, that was that was a dark time. And then I came out of it and then I wrote a song and then I won the whammy for best blues artist for that song this past year. And um, would I go on the voice again or try? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Flip but a, I feel like I'm not sure that they can appreciate what I do, you know, like flip they want coin. me to. maybe right right but I have so much going on right now like I'm gonna go on tour in February and I'm in January I'm doing the blues challenge so there's just so much it's their loss you know yeah you know and who knows I might try again but you know the platform I was looking to have I'm actually building myself so I saw the cover 100 days 100 nights why that song Uh Why that song? A friend of mine, I'm going to shout her out. Her name is Nicole, um, Nikki Hill. And um, she uh, she sent it to me and she was like, Carly, you need to do this song. This was like years and years ago, like 2012. And she was like, you need to do, you need to cover this song. It's a great song. Um, and I listened to it and I was like, ooh, that is nice. And, you know, it's like that space where blues and soul meet each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that song was just, I don't know. I just, I just loved it. And then um, I was f- sort of familiar with Sharon Jones, but through just studying that song, I became more familiar with her. And I love how, you know, she didn't even get any form of notoriety until she was like in her forties. And I was right. like, so she, she's jamming and doing her thing and making good good music and there's nothing stopping her so bless well, her may she rest in peace you know but 30, um, hey, yeah. 30s are the new 20s you know yeah so i'm practically a <laughs> I'm practically a baby <laughs> yeah well i'm we're we're roughly the same you know we're millennial hey we're still millennials you know so yeah I'm on TikTok too. Are you? Yeah. What's the uh well we're gonna do the plug we're gonna do the plugs at the end, but what's the TikTok handle while we are on it? Carly H Music is my TikTok handle. Okay, you're Carly H Music on on all social media. No, 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 but you're you're Carly H Music on all social media platforms. Um TikTok and Instagram. I'm on there. I mean, people are telling me I need to do Twitch. I'm like, dang it, this is one more thing you gotta do 
Oh, I'm on. I have Snapchat too. That's also Carly H Music. So sometimes I put little snippets of me singing with a filter or like. You know what's? You know what's crazy, Carly? That's actually old school now. I remember when it first Snapchat came out. Snapchat is old. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> that's what I hear. I have it too. I have it too. I gave in and I got Snapchat. Now they're so fun. And then some people yeah. like double down. Yeah, some people like I said what I meant. So here's <laughs> I said what I said. I love that. I love I that said one. What I said. That I that's my favorite one of all time. <laughs> yeah. I said what I said. I yeah. said what you seen those I, memes. So I had a moment those are like great that memes. when I was four. When I, I was I four, my sister would make me play the baby when we would play house, and we had this Fisher Price kitchen set. <laughs> And I was so angry. I was like, I want to be the mom. I don't want to be the baby. And she was like, you're a baby. So I swipe the dishes off the kit, the Fisher Price set. And I get up on top of it. And I moon her and her friend. Whoa. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then I march into the living room. And I'm like, stupid motherfuckers. And my mom <laughs> comes up. She's like, what did you say? And this think, was my I said what I said moment. I was like, I said stupid motherfuckers. She's like, <laughs> I think you and I, I think you and I could have a drink together. I think. I think yeah. you would, I think you and I would vibe, I think. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, how do you know? Thank you. How do you know De, how do you know Dolores? She was seemed oh, excited. She's like her. a godmother. She she's like a fairy godmother. She supports the local music scene, the local musicians in DC, and um, and she's very passionate about it too. She loves music, so she um reached out to me one day and she's like, "I'm just starting this business. I don't have a lot of money." I really want to respect your craft and your art, um, but you know, we're just doing this together. We want to put together. Um, a show and I think it could be an amazing show and you could bring a, a, a really fantastic draw and she was like I believe in you and um and she's just been really supporting me ever since like just just coming to my shows promoting me wherever she can and you know putting me on her show lineups whenever she has them um right. or when she's able to I mean she's fair to other people it's not like the right, right. Show, she's but, been on the podcast you know, too um, I just absolutely love her energy. And that's what we need. People in the music industry who, who have a passion for pushing forward. You're not a dollar sign to her. She actually just wants to promote uh, musicians who she feels has something special. And so that feels different from other showcases or venues I play for, whereas they see me as a dollar sign. How many bodies can I bring into their venue? They don't care if right. I'm doing good music or making good music. They just want the bottom line. And and Dolores is like, the bottom line matters, but her main focus is good music and a good show. And um, she just really believes in me and supports me. So I just, yeah. So we we became very close, and um, yeah, she's like well, a god, a fairy godmother to me. <laughs> she she was on the podcast, and she told me about Stone Street, and she posted on Instagram when I did the promo. She said she was like, "Yes, I don't know if you <laughs> saw that, but yeah, I did. I did. I think that's when she um, posted it. That's how I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is cool.' You Seems know, like an um, interesting guy since we yeah, said, yeah, yeah. So that's when I reached out because I wouldn't have known about it had it not been for well. Him. I I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm sorry. This is this has been a long time coming, and I I feel like 
I I didn't I felt like I was late in responding and I want to apologize about that. Oh no, you're good. I forgot I didn't let you know my interest. I'm sorry about that. But I was I've always been interested and when I reached back out, you came on and I really appreciate that. You were like, All right, let's do it. I'm like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, where can people find your stuff, Carly? Um, they can find my well, first they can go to my website, carlyharvey.com. And they can sign up for my newsletter on the contact page. Um, and I am on <laughs> old people, Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok as Carly H Music. And I'm Carly Harvey Music on um, Facebook. Oh, I'm also Carly H Music on Twitter. What's your definition of a classic song? Is there like a threshold of success you have to have? I mean, yeah, there's a threshold of success and also how it impacted people. Um, So a song like The Thrill is Gone, that's a classic of B.B. King's. Everybody knows it. I mean, even young kids, you hear that The Thrill is Gone. There's a 12-year-old who knows what that is. Or, you know, uh, uh, any song by Michael Jackson, but Thriller or P.Y.T., you know, or Etta James's at last. And that is one of the most classic songs I love to perform. Some people feel it's overdone, but that's a classic song. It's never going away. Everybody, everybody wants it at their wedding over cross generations. That's a classic song that crosses generations and other uh, demographics. Do you got anything uh, in the works, anything coming up? I'm working on an album. There will be a crowdfunding. um, What do you call it? Crowdfunding will be launched in 2022 for it. And uh, right now we're just trying to raise money for going to Memphis. And um, so a bunch of shows for uh, the holidays. Uh, We're going to be playing at the famous Mr. Henry's um, on December 16th. But the whole lineup is on my website, carlyharvey.com. There's no E in the Carly. There's no I in the Carly. Just just Uh like Carly Simon. Or like iCarly, um, <laughs> Carly Harvey. Gen Z, not, Gen Z. Not related to, no, some people are like C-A-R-L-E-I-G-H. I'm like, wow. Um, Thank you so much. Of course, of and, course. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, let's, let's uh, keep in contact, okay? For sure. You know, hopefully we'll get some um, new Carly music that I'll bump on my uh, iPod, you know? definitely check out the edm stuff i think you will like it uh i will i will all right (laughs) have a good night all right you too thank you very much that was awesome once again i would like to thank carly for coming on the podcast today coming up next on sensibly cynical i will be chatting with grizzly he is an amazing artist out of salt lake city utah also i will be having mega man on from the mega man podcast so make sure you subscribe to Sensibly Cynical wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us on iTunes. Um, let's get to the trivia results on Instagram. Recently, I posted a still from the music video of what 2003 one-hit wonder? It was Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. And we had three winners. First, the Subscurity Podcast, which you can follow on Instagram, Subscurity Podcast. It's S-U-B-S-C-U-R-I-T-Y. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. It's a podcast about subcultures. Next, Assuming Positions Podcast. You can follow them on Instagram as well. 
Assuming Pod. Um, you could, they have a link tree, so that's Linktree slash Assuming Pod. And last but not least, of course, friend of the podcast, Josh from the Still Loading Podcast. Got it right. Follow him and his podcast, Still Loading, any game in the world, basically, and he'll know at least something about it. That's it, guys. Please follow the podcast at Cynical Sensibly on Twitter, Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod. And please follow us on Facebook. Also, give us a follow on WordPress, um, YouTube channel. Things are just getting started here on Sensibly Cynical. Take it easy, guys. Adios.